Hello again, everyone. This is Mr. Birdman here uh, for Mr. Birdman's Movie Reviews. And today we're going to be talking about the 1996 comedy, The Birdcage, which as of this, uh, as of the recording of this episode, today marks the 25th anniversary of the release of this film. Um, this film is actually a remake of the French comedy La Cage aux Folles from 1978. And that film originated from a play by the same name um, that also originated in France in the 1970s. Uh, the, the film stars Robin Williams, Gene Hackman, Nathan Lane, Diane Weiss, Dan Futterman, and Callista Flockhart. And the plot of this film is Robin Williams plays Armand Goldman, a gay nightclub owner, or a drag club as they call it, so to speak. And his partner Albert, played by Nathan Lane, is the main attraction. When their son Val comes home from college, announces that he is to get married, uh, however uh, his uh, fiance's family is a is a very conservative. It's up to Armand and Albert to try and play straight, so to speak. Um, yeah, the film was directed by uh, the late filmmaker Mike Nichols, um, who who definitely is uh, was an excellent filmmaker. In fact, uh, the opening shot of this film uh, it's a two minute sequence. Um, but I thought that it was done really well. And when you watch the film, it looks like it's one continuous shot when, in fact, the sequence, it consists of three separate shots that seamlessly combine through the magic of dissolves. So shot one began in a helicopter over the Atlantic and it ended over the street in Miami South Beach area, which is where the film uh, takes place, South Beach, Florida. Uh, shot two, it began on a crane uh, where the Steadicam operator gradually lowered to the ground level before stepping off the crane. And he then traversed the street and proceeded through the club's front door. And then the third shot was executed on a soundstage where the Steadicam operator began just outside the club and then proceeded inside for the shot's conclusion. Um, according to the cinematographer, the most difficult aspect of the process was matching the speed of the crane with that of the helicopter. Um, when it came to like reviewing this film, I had actually realized like as I was going through a list of films that I wanted to review for this podcast, and I had realized that this movie was actually going to be the first uh, the first Robin Williams movie. Uh, kind of surprised it took me this long um, to get to a Robin Williams movie. And what's really interesting about this one is like if you ever watched a Robin Williams movie, which I'm sure most of you who listen to this podcast you know are fans of Robin Williams, may he rest in peace is that like his role in this film is not really like like exaggerated or flamboyant so to speak he's actually the straight man character um so to speak uh interestingly enough when they were doing the casting for the birdcage uh they originally wanted Robin Williams to play the Nathan Lane role how however he was uh wanted to do something a little more grounded instead of like outrageous roles. And prior to that, like he had just done Mrs. Doubtfire and I don't think he really wanted to like go back into the process of applying makeup and all that stuff. Um, originally the Armand character was, um, was originally going to go to Steve Martin. However, he was not available and it just ended up worked out that way. Um, so of course, which leads into uh, the Albert character played wonderfully by Nathan Lane. Um, this was actually his first uh, like film feature, like starring role. Cause up until that point, he was just a, a, a theater guy. He's a Broadway guy. Um, and so ever since then, he's always had a presence like in movies and TV shows, like as a supporting role. 
Um, Nathan Lane is hilarious as this as this like overly exaggerated, flamboyant partner, drag queen or whatever. Um, and he's just really hilarious. Some may it may come off as like a stereotype, but Nathan Lane and Robin Williams, they work together very well. Um, and, and you believe that they are this Mary or that they are this couple and that they love each other. Um, they may not be as affectionate with one another, but they you can tell that they really do do um, do care for each other. Um, my mind was still blown uh, at the fact that, you know, they both have done Disney characters or voice Disney characters. Robin Williams, of course, is the genie from Aladdin. And uh, Nathan Lane is Timon from The Lion King. I guess Pumbaa got a uh, got kicked. I guess uh, Timon, uh, Pumbaa got kicked to the curb by Timon. Uh, well, it is what it is. Um, another reason that I wanted to to bring up this movie, not just because it was the 25th anniversary, but because when I remember when Robin Williams passed away in 2014, this is actually the first film um, of his that I watched after he after he passed away. Um, I think I watched it about a week after after he died. And what I remember from the coverage of Robin Williams um, passing was the fact that um, all the coverage that 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 the media was focusing on, of course, to start off with Mork and Mindy, then it uh, transitioned like to Good Morning Vietnam, Dead Poets Society, um, Mrs. Doubtfire, Goodwill Hunting. Um, but this was a film that was overlooked in some, um, in, in some tributes. I mean, yeah, like, um, and those that did, like, it was like a very short, quick, very short, quick clip, maybe like 10 seconds at the most. Um, but yeah, I definitely do feel that this is an overlooked comedy. It's really funny. Um, the dialogue and the situations that, that the characters get into, um, are, are, are something else. They were a little bit exaggerated. Um, and hilarious, but I definitely, I definitely like this film. Um, so of course, like I said, um, the club that Armand owns is, is referred to as a drag club. And yes, there is some uh, drag in this movie, but it's very, it's very subtle. Um, in fact, like we really don't see too many, uh, too many like drag scenes. Like, of course we see it at the beginning, uh, with the performers. And then we see it at the end when Nathan Lane goes and drag for the last 30 minutes. Um, I couldn't find any information about this when I was researching it, but part of me was thinking the reason that the the drag was very subtle in this movie is they more than likely wanted to avoid the backlash that Tu Wong Fu had gotten. Now, nowadays, like Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, is considered a cult classic, but when it was first released six months before The Birdcage, it was seen as a failure. Um and and it was a little a little too much. So yeah, drag is here in the birdcage, but it's a lot more it's a lot more subtle. Um, so of course, Robin Williams' son uh, uh, in the film Val, played by Dan Futterman, he comes home, and uh, he announces that he is engaged to be married um, to a woman named Barbara, uh, whose father is a conservative senator senator from Ohio, and. Which leads into Gene Hackman's character, uh, Kevin Keeley, who who plays the conservative senator. Um, this definitely like and like rewatching this film last night. Um, yeah, yeah, Gene Hackman. He yeah, like they they portray him or they make him at first like out to be like this monster of a of a cre- of a human being, um, just because. 
um, uh, just because he is a uh, conservative senator. And yes, uh, he does have uh, conservative views, uh, but he's really not portrayed as like this this monster or this uh, this this bad guy. Um, he, yeah, like he's conservative, but he's he's harmless. Um, you know, he has his views uh, like he wants to stay in politics because he he refers to a lot that he's in an election se- in, in an election year, which 1996 was an election year uh, for the presidency. Um, so but it definitely did um, touch a little bit on the politics of the time or like what um, the GOP was going through. And the other big landmark at that time was the controversial bill. Uh, don't ask, don't tell. Now, for those who don't remember, Don't Ask, Don't Tell was a bill that President Clinton signed into law that basically stated that um, gay and lesbians who um, could not openly serve in the military. Um, So basically, they had to keep their orientation a secret because if it was open, then they could potentially get kicked out of the military. Um, Thankfully, that has been repealed. It was repealed in 2010. but it also focuses on the GOP as well at that time, because two years before 1994, um, the Republicans uh, took back control of the House and they also took back control of the Senate. It was the first time, I want to say, in like 40 years um, that, the, that the, the GOP had control of the House and control of the Senate at the same time. Um, and it led into their uh, one, one of their plans, which was contract contract with America and a lot, and that was when the Republican Party was changing. It, it was getting to be a little bit more right, a little bit more conser- uh, a little bit more conservative. Um, gone were like the moderate Republicans or the liberal Republicans, um, and it was all about like social conservatism. Um, you know, we have to uh, protect the family. Uh, we have to have a strict moral code. Um, and which leads into Gene Hackman's subplot in which uh, him and this other senator, um, as they refer to in the film, Senator Jackson, they have this plan together that's called the Coalition for Moral Order. And then it turns out that his co-founder of this particular bill has um, – actually, I'm going to quote uh, Gene Hackman's character like when he finds out this announcement. Hello, Ben. Ready for what? What? Jackson's dead. He died in bed? Whose bed? A prostitute? A minor? And black? I don't believe this. I don't fucking believe this. I'm ruined! So, and of course, uh, Gene Hackman's uh, character, because he was associated with the senator, there's a lot of media coverage, there's a lot of tabloids that are going on. In fact, there are two uh, reporters from the National Enquirer that are following Gene Hackman and his family um, as they are heading to Miami to meet um, uh, Armand and Albert and 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 Val, uh, which incidentally enough, um, Val's fiance Barbara tells her family that um, their last name is Coleman, not Goldman, to hide the Jewish heritage, um, and telling them that they're like straight conservative, uh, the um, and that they are and that Armand and Albert are not a gay couple; they're a straight couple. They're a husband and a wife. Um, so the plot thickens uh faster than <laughs> faster than a waistline at a hometown buffet um the one thing that like really kind of surprised me like when i was re-watching this film and and some other people who have reviewed this on on youtube have pointed out the same thing is that 
Val or the character of Val or Armand's son is kind of an asshole. Um, like there are many, many scenes where like he's telling his dad to like change who he is or basically to go back in the closet, um, telling him to like change his mannerisms, telling him not to talk too much, um, telling him to like redecorate their home, which, yeah, some of their artistry is a little bit tacky. And this was even by 1996 standards, um, telling him that he's obvious and, can you imagine if the roles were reversed? Like if that was like a parent telling their child to change, like there would be so much backlash. Like you would instantly be rooting like for that person to get their comeuppance at the end of the film. And yeah, some may argue that, oh, okay. Like he's in his early twenties. Like he really hasn't experienced a lot of life yet, but, but no, this is a guy who has grown up with two men who raised him. Like why all of a sudden now, um, that like you're telling your parents to like change who they are, like just to get approval from your father-in-law. It's like, what? Like, I mean, like, I, I've just never understood that. Like people like trying to like, like change who they are to like impress others. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's one thing to say like, Hey, you know, um, Hey, Hey, you might want to clean up your appearance. Like, you know, Hey, like shave or cut your hair or wear, wear nicer clothing, things like that. But to change like who like you are as a person, that to me is just very, very shitty. Like even like, and this is my own personal example. Like even like when I've gone on dates before, like I've had some people in my life tell me like, Oh, don't talk about this. Oh, don't talk about that. Don't talk about this. Don't talk about that. Um, and it's like, hey, like, you know, do we want people to know the real us or we do or or do we just like want to put up like some kind of some kind of front? Um, yeah, especially like with likes and dislikes and um, what we like, what we don't like and interests like that. Um, but it does lead to a really, really good scene in which like Val is telling him to change and, and be a little less obvious and. And Armand has like a little mini monologue in which like he tells his son that it took him a long time for him to accept himself. Um, and he doesn't care. He doesn't give a damn what anybody thinks. And it's a really nice little uh, it's a nice little scene. Um, and you can tell like in Robin Williams delivery that. Like you can definitely tell that like, you know, he has gone through struggles and this is de yeah, and he's definitely definitely out of time in which like homosexuality was not accepted. Um, and it was very, very quiet. It was under like nobody, nobody just talked about it. Um, so yeah, that was a really good, um, good, good little dramatic scene on the opposite side of that. The comedy is where Robin Williams is like teaching Nathan Lane or Albert to act like a man, so to speak, or, or to pass off as a straight guy. And there's this really funny scene where they're in the restaurant and like he's trying to teach him how to like spread mustard on the toast and how to walk appropriately. Um, <laughs> even like Armand even tells Albert to like, you know, give, give him a like an image and Nathan Lane tries to walk like John Wayne. It's hilarious. And Albert turns to Armand and he's like, is that good? And he's like, actually, that was perfect. Just never realized John Wayne walked like that. So if anyone who who likes John Wayne um and comedy like you'll definitely love that little tribute um i remember my dad watching it and he just laughed his ass off um yeah yeah and it's it's a real it's a real funny scene i myself personally could not watch a john wayne movie the same way ever again uh after seeing nathan lane 
you know, someone who's very flamboyant, who's very exaggerated, like trying to walk like John Wayne, like one of the most iconic images of masculinity in uh, film history. Um, we also are introduced to Val's birth mother, uh, played by Christine Baranski. And what I was really surprised that they uh, went the direction that they did with her character, which was the fact that she wasn't a bad person. She just realized that like, hey, like, you know, yes, I'm pregnant, but I um, cannot raise a child. I want to focus on my career. So in a sense, because her and Armand, they had a one night stand. But at the same time, also, she knew that she would be leaving Val in good care with Armand and Albert and that they would be able to give him a good home, so to speak. And it definitely shows that, hey, you don't have to be blood to be family or um, or to even like raise a child in a sense of like, hey, like as long as the as long as a child has like two parents in the house that loves them. I mean, isn't that like what's most important? Um Despite like all the comedy and um, like exaggerate and outrageous situations, to me the best scene in the film is right after um, Armand and Val like go to see or see the birth mother and and and, it, and the birth mother has agreed she's decided to come and Albert is upset and he decides to to leave and so Armand tracks Albert down and um, basically this is it's a scene that like cements their relationship basically saying that they are partners for life in a sense um, and they own half of each other's lives. And it's a really quiet, it's a really, it's a really quiet scene. It's really emotional. Um, and you can definitely tell that these two characters, despite all their bickering, that they do love each other and they do care for one another and they want to be with each other right up until the end, literally. Um, this was also a film that I remember um, seeing like, broadcast on like one of the big networks when I was a kid. Um, and that also brought back, uh, some memories in which like when I was a kid, like if you had a movie that was airing like in prime time, um, like it was like this really big deal. Like I remember, um, like NBC, CBS and ABC, they usually would air like, you know, like these big budget box office hit movies. They would usually do these in like the summer or they would usually do it on a Saturday night. Um, cause like, most people are out on Saturday nights, but if people are were staying in, they were going to uh, to watch those. Um, I know that last year when when the pandemic um, struck, um, CBS brought that back briefly. They would do they did like a CBS Sunday night at the movies. Like CBS did that, I believe, in like the seventies and the eighties, and then in the nineties for a little bit. NBC did it, and then I know ABC also did it as well. Um, they usually did theirs on sat on Saturday nights, um, but yeah, and that and like rewatching the Birdcage, that also did bring uh, did bring back uh, some some good nostalgic memories of like seeing like a big uh, like a big budget like box office hit movie like on a on a primetime network. Um, it's a shame that we don't see too much of that anymore. But hey, like you know, with Hulu, Amazon Prime, Netflix, um, like we have like more movies on demand now and, and, and so it just makes it uh, easier and like, we don't have to wait like, um, to, uh, to watch a particular movie. Like we have like so many options at our fingertips, uh, to watch movies, uh, which as of now, like if you do want to watch the birdcage, um, I rented it on Amazon. Um, 
because I'm an Amazon Prime member, I'm not sure if that makes a difference or not, but I was able to rent it for like two bucks and like you can buy it and download it for like, I think like $5. So to me, that's a good investment as well. Um, I mean, it pretty much just feels like you're renting a movie and that's another thing um, that I also did like with the Birdcage. Like I remember renting this movie like quite a bit actually, just because it was really funny um, and seeing like Robin Williams and Nathan Lane uh, together as a couple. Um, I would usually put this in my top 10 of Robin Williams movies um, because he's very good in it. He's very um, uh, underrated. Um, I was reading a comment on YouTube saying that he looked uncomfortable while doing this movie. But honestly, I think that uh, you can just attribute that to to great act, to great acting, because um, I think that was the whole point of the Armand character. Um, like, especially like in the beginning, you know, he's running a club. He wants to make sure that everything runs smoothly and that there are no mess ups behind the scenes. Um, when the, the birdcage aired on TV, um, for the first time, like 98 or 99, it did run a few minutes short. Um, so they added in some deleted scenes and you can easily find them on YouTube. Uh, while they don't really add to the story and they kind of slow things down a little bit, it definitely was just nice to see like this, uh, this deleted footage, it's only about seven or eight minutes, but it's still very interesting uh, to see like, Oh wow. That's a, um, very, very cool to see. Um, I know, I know, uh, as of now, I believe it's on DVD, not too sure if it's on Blu-ray, but the DVD that I, that I used to have a few years ago, it didn't really have a whole lot of bonus features. Um, it had like some production notes and, um, like the theatrical trailer and that was it, which to me, it's like, Hey, come on. Like really? Like you couldn't even put like those, those small deleted scenes, like on, like on a DVD, it was only like eight minutes. I'm not sure if it was like a legal issue or a rights issue. I don't know, but still, um, if you get a chance, go on YouTube, just type in the birdcage deleted scenes and you will find it there. Um, so I can't talk about the birdcage without bringing up the dinner scene. So Val's birth mother, uh, Catherine, um, she is running late. Um, and Albert, Nathan Lane's character is, uh, locked up in his room. So he decides to come out and he, and he's dressed up as like this conservative, like middle-aged housewife, like has like a Barbara Bush, uh, hairstyle going on, which that's how somebody compared it to, which was really funny. And like, like on like the performance that Nathan Lane gives as Mrs. Coleman is really quite funny and is very believable. Like Nathan Lane is very believable as like this conservative housewife of a mother. Um, and then there's like this little running joke about, um, <laughs> about their last name, like trying to hide the Jewish heritage. It's like Goldman. Uh, no, it's Coleman. The, the D is silent. And <laughs> that is so that, that makes her some funny jokes. Um, the meal that they're, uh, that they're having during the scene, um, it's like the soup, like the sweet and sour peasant soup. It's really not that good. Um, and there's a scene like where, um, uh, Robin William, uh, Armand and like Val are freaking out and like, uh, Armand slips and falls and like, everybody's trying to hold back their laughter and, <laughs> and and that scene was not in the script. That was just something that um, Mike Nichols definitely uh, kept in throughout the film. And I can't believe it's uh, been about 23 minutes in, but not mentioning um, the the house servant played by played wonderfully by Hank Azaria uh, as Agador Spartacus. Um, 
Yeah, that guy, he just nailed it out of the park. And like he's like portrayed as like this Latin um like like house servant which which in real life Hank Azaria is not is not even uh, Hispanic, which is definitely something that could not be uh, done done today. Um, but he had realized after filming that he actually based his voice on both of his um, uh, on both of his grandmothers. Well, he created two different voices for the character, uh, one being somewhat of a more masculine voice, and the other one being high pitched. Uh, he was worried about the second one being too stereotypical um, until he asked a friend of his and thought it was more realistic. Um, so, and yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely a funny one. Um, uh, so basically, uh, of course, uh, the ruse, um, d- doesn't go, it doesn't go very well. Um, the, uh, Barbara's parents find out that Armand and Albert are not really husband and wife, but they're both men. Uh, meanwhile, the tabloids realize that, um, that Gene Hackman's character and Diane Weiss's characters are uh, at this club. Uh, but thankfully, uh, the Goldmans help them uh, escape the club uh, by going out in drag. They get married and the film ends. So basically, the moral of the story is, you know, just be true to who you are. Um, and if somebody tries to tell you who um, tries to tell you to be somebody that you're not, stick to your guns because, hey, you never know what their um, what their story might be. So, yeah, those are just my... Uh, those are just my rambling thoughts about the birdcage. Um, yeah, and and uh, if you've seen if you've seen the film, I'm sure that you le- love it as much as I do. Um, and hey, uh, th- thanks again for listening, guys. And uh, this is Mr. Birdman signing out.